Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Herb Walk with Jessica Baker. Very excited to be here with you today. Uh, Today's interview was pure medicine for me. I love to talk about Chinese medicine with other practitioners, and so today I had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Lita Jusilla. She's an acupuncturist out of Santa Cruz. She works a lot with cannabis medicine, as well as, of course, all of the other Chinese herbs we have in our medicine cabinet. And she is just a joy. To listen to her was like being in meditation for me today. Um, And so I just want to encourage all of you to make yourself a warm cup of tea, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of The Herb Walk with Jessica Baker. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show, Dr. Lita. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing? Um, Were you introduced to Chinese medicine or herbalism at an early age? Or is this something that you ended up finding later in life? Such a great question. And Jessica, thank you so much for for having me today. What an honor. Love what you're up to in the world, spreading knowledge around plants. So important. Um, I I actually wasn't exposed to plants early on, sadly. Um, I was born in Vietnam during the war. I luckily got airlifted out and adopted into a a Finnish family that grows cranberries on Cape Cod, hence my last name, um, Yusula, they say in Finland. But it wasn't until uh, I was living in San Francisco, right out of right out of Syracuse, and excited to live uh, the California dream. When I got a call that my sister had three to six months to live, and it's one of those moments in life, you know, in, you know, looking back, that I grew up where you do anything for your family. You know, it's like I, I dropped my life, uh, my job, my family, my rent, uh, just you know, within three days, and I was able to be back there because uh, she was one of the most important people to me. And I could not wrap my head around, you know, how can you give someone such a finite sentence from some, some numbers on a, on a piece of paper? You know, I, I get imaging, I get lab tests, and, you know, I understand that. But, you know, to have this stranger, even though these doctors are so reputable in Boston, say to us, that's it. You know, and so, of course, you know, my mother's like, come home, let's prepare. And I'm like, prepare for what? <laughs> Not to die. So it, it brought me into the journey of uh, we didn't really have the Internet. Um, I had the yellow pages. Um, we had dial up Yahoo at that point, and, and it was I, I discovered Yahoo groups and, and Yahoo groups were great because there were conversations of of moms on there sharing um, what is now, you know, SEAC tea, uh, burdock root and, you know, just, just, you know, Michio Kushi, uh, macrobiotic cooking of, you know, understanding if you do the miso soup and do really draining damp herbs. And, 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 and I entered this world of, you know, plant and herbal medicine kind of, you know, in the dark hours of the night, um, pulled by vision that there's got to be a different way. You know, I understand that you have to take what we can measure, but what about the things in life we can't measure? And honestly, Jessica, I'm so glad that something in me, um, you know, knew, knew that, you know, what I couldn't name it back then. Um, but, but, but for me now, as, as a Chinese medical doctor, I understand that we are in relationship with the laws. You know, there, there is this amazing, um, synergistic, synergy um, to, to, to not only just the heavens and the universe, but to, to Mother Earth and how it can nourish us 
and how she can nourish us. So uh, make a long story short, um, I did very uh, raw foods, um, you know, tried to get her doing a vegan diet, plant-based diet, um, got her doing uh, Reiki, um, you know, a lot of different, you know, stuff that very limited stuff, mind you, on Cape Cod at that point. I mean, and and then, you know, plant medicine, very bitter. Oh my gosh, nasty herbal tea that I was boiling that I, you know, I'd never done any of this. To put it in perspective, um, I had partaked in some cannabis a little bit recreational. I was probably drinking Coca-Cola, you know, eating burgers, not necessarily fast food, but, you know, maybe my lettuce on my burger was my vegetables at that point, uh, working in corporate America and just very cut off to spirit, to uh, my connection to the earth. And so fast forward, she's fine. She's a nurse. Um, she is healthy, um, you know, and, and she has no side effects from, from any of that. So I realized in that moment, after that experience, I said to myself, I want to figure out a way to remind people the power they have and the agency they have over their own body. You know, yes, let's utilize the, the amazing experience and technology of these doctors, these allopathic doctors that dedicate their life. You know, if we need surgery, we need emergency medicine and, you know, medication and the big and is that um, it's about disconnection. If we can get reconnected to ourselves and reconnected to the foods and reconnected to the earth and plants and stuff, not, you know, it really can make a difference. So um, I wasn't sure what I was gonna do at that point. I understand how the Western world works. I thought I was gonna become a Western MD, thinking I was gonna change that institution. Um, I interviewed MDs at that point and they said, I'm getting pressure from medication companies, you know, pharmaceuticals and, and health insurance companies. And they, they, the, the advice I'd gotten, I don't know, 15 years ago, 18 years ago now, um, was look into naturopathy, natural, natural, natural medicine, osteopathy, Chinese medicine, chiropractic. And when I looked at all of the reputable, um, fields, I felt like Chinese medicine to me, was so holistic and encompassing because of the Qigong, because of, you know, of course the, the herbal medicine, um, the Twina, et cetera. So in the acupuncture. And so I'm really grateful that something in me was guided by, you know, certain conversations back then to, to bring me out to bring, bring me out West to go to one of what I think is still uh, one of the best schools in the country. So that, that, that's the short version. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate you, um, you know, being so candid and what a beautiful story about your sister. Um, just to kind of backtrack to ask a couple of questions about that before we talk about five branches, the school that we both attended and graduated from. Um, is did how long did she keep on, you know, taking herbs and having that such a whole diet and really, you know, obviously once you make that connection that you were talking about that deeper connection, just by working, you know, with these more natural remedies, is this something that she continues to this day or is that, or was it like, you know, I'm better now and I don't have to be so restrictive with my lifestyle? Well, she, you know, it's interesting because, you know, she's a nurse, so that, you know, Western medicine, and I'm definitely way on the other end, but she, she, she's always eaten pretty well. Um, she doesn't prescribe to, um, herbal medicine as, as I do as my first, uh, but yeah, she, she, 
you know, knows about, you know, I mean, of course I, I have conversations with her as, as often as I can, but she, she's not on any sort of, um, herbal remedies at this point. Um, I have introduced, um, cannabinoids as, as therapeutic agents for her and terpenes. Um, she, you know, it's one of those things I'm like, have you, have you taken it lately? You know? And, and it's one of those things where she, she's feels good, but if she doesn't feel good, that's when she'll, she'll call me. So it's it's one of those things where I finally in my family, I'm the youngest, have earned some respect around, um, hey, you know, maybe we should be asking our younger sister, Lita, about this. So, yeah, they, 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 they're very hands off, you know, and, and it's like I've had to, you know, as a doctor, be non-attached. You know, your family, your nucleus is the people that you care about the most and they're less likely to listen to you, unfortunately. So, yeah, it's been an interesting journey to to have to, to really hold space um, for people that they can live their life from any place um, and you can love them unconditionally. But I do ho- I always hope that people eat, drink, you know, more plants, of course. So. Absolutely. But it's also nice to know that, you know, in an acute situation, it's easy to be like, okay, I'm going to do every single thing I need to do to be well. But it's also somewhat comforting to know that you can, you know, live a little and be a little restrictive and you can still have good health. You know, I think, you know, always moderation is the key. It's like go heavy when you need to, but then it's nice to be able to like live a little too. Absolutely. Yeah. I had a, you know, I had a friend in the Santa Cruz community here was looking for a room to rent. And I ran a a co-op, a 12 year um, housing uh, in Santa Cruz. And she was scared to move in with me because she was afraid that I didn't eat sugar. (laughs) (laughs) No, and, and, you know, I think holistic doctors get this um, reputation of, you know, maybe just having kale juice in the morning. But I, I agree. I can't stress enough to my patients as well, is that there are many earthly pleasures and and it's about balance. It's about understanding the principles of if you have too much heat, let's bring in some some things to cool you down. It's really about balancing yin and yang in any moment, really. It's pretty simple. Yeah, I know that the heart of Chinese medicine, balance yin and yang. And it's like, it's difficult and it's simple at the same time, you know, in its basic theory, it's like, I agree with you. It's the most holistic medicine and so poetic and beautiful and it works. It's like, (laughs) I don't want to say it's perfect in all forms, but in practice it is, you know, I mean, that's what the Tao is. It's beautiful. You know, it's great to, uh, it's great to see you be as passionate about it as, as I am. (laughs) I am increasingly every day. (laughs) So we know what inspired you to become an acupuncturist, but kind of give us a time frame. What year was this? And then did you already live in the Bay Area and then choose to move to Santa Cruz? Or was it like you moved west just to go to five branches? Yeah, great question. So, no, it was um, 97 to 99 was when I was back there, uh, back on the Cape. Um, She, I think it was about a a good year, maybe a year and a half, but a, a year long battle. Um, from start to finish. And at that point, um, I was living, you know, back there because I'd moved from San Francisco. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to figure out how to get back to California. And, and, you know, then I discovered five branches. And so um, my grandmother was 
um, on her way out and my brother and sister are married and have children. And so I was the one chosen to live with my grandmother, um, on the cranberry bogs, um, for the last year of her life. And I, I, I was able to do my pre-med requirements back on the Cape. So it actually worked out perfectly. So did my pre-med, um, recs out, out there and then moved to five branches, uh, I think February 1st, 2002. And, um, you know, I've been here ever since. Yeah, it's a great place to uh, to end up. I was sad when I had to leave Santa Cruz. I went back to Humboldt, which was nice, but it was really hard to leave Santa Cruz. I mean, kind of share with the listeners a little bit. I mean, I know what a special place that is and what a special community Five Branches is, but what was your experience there? Honestly, it was magical. I mean, the universe, if you're paying attention, gives you messages to say, your, your GPS is on track. <laughs> um, I pulled into Santa Cruz. Uh, you know, I was thinking about getting a hotel room. I'd never been here. Um, I had to find a place to live before starting this graduate program. And little things like um, a gentleman knocked on my window because he, he I had a huge map. <laughs> you know, it wasn't, I don't maybe I'm sure I had a cell phone, but, you know, I'm trying to figure out where to go. And he wanted to know if I wanted help. You know, and fast forward for years, he ended up becoming a friend of mine. I ran into him um, later on. And then I had a Subaru Outback I bought to, to move to Santa Cruz and something happened to my bicycle rack. And sure enough, I go to the Subaru dealership, which I would think is corporate. And they would they took such good care of me. They like fixed my car for free within days of moving to Santa Cruz. I mean, just just every interaction in my first week or two was mind blowing how warm and receptive the people were very, 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 um, very, uh, loving, loving. And then of course the first day of orientation Santa Cruz at the, at the school by branches was profound. Um, what was scary is, is the first class was foundations with Camille Vardy. And I remember sitting in the class and one of the first things she says to us is, what's the worst thing you can do for your health? And then we all kind of look around at each other and she says, eat pizza and ice cream. Oh, those are like food groups to me. I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, what did I sign up for? You know, it's kind of funny, but, but as far as Santa Cruz goes, the landscape um, it really provides a, a healing experience. Um, not only do we have Monterey Bay and the Pacific Ocean, but we have the Redwoods. Um, there's something magical. I actually ended up doing the astrology of the, like the longitude, latitude of Santa Cruz because it's actually a place where things start. I'm very curious around why there's so many entrepreneurs and how many amazing and successful companies came out of here. Um, there's this energy, this expansiveness. Um, and collaboration. So, so I, I've been um, pretty blessed to be facilitating outdoor fitness for 17 years now, um, three to five days a week. I'm out there two to three times a day and I incorporate, of course, Qigong. Um, but, you know, just getting, getting people to connect with the land they live on and be in community, um, not only just fitness, health, you know, physical health, but social health. It, it, it really has been amazing. So th this, this particular area is really special um, to not only have the, you know, the non-concrete 
um, to learn this medicine. A lot of the other Chinese medical schools are in big cities. And so I was really drawn to the fact that this school is one block from the ocean. It really gave a testament to, if you're going to learn Taoism and understand um, connection to nature as a, as a lifestyle and way of being, why not do it in a place that will you know, give you that feedback loop? 100% agree. That is exactly why I chose Five Branches. I looked pretty much from Victoria, Canada, all the way down to San Diego. And um, oh, wow. although Victoria was my first choice, and because my grandmother was also passing away, and I went back to help my family take care of her, I, um, or at least just sit with her and be a presence with my family. She, um, I chose Santa Cruz because I was already in California and it was the easier move. But it, as soon as I saw it was a block from the ocean, I was like, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is where I need to learn about balance and harmony and, you know, being the, the, uh, the healthiest I can be. Um, so you've been in practice now for well over a decade. Um, is there anything that surprised you about working with clients in Chinese medicine? Have you come to any like profound insights or was it just like, I mean, obviously that's a broad question and I've worked with clients, so I know it's kind of a ridiculous question. Um, but what has been your, you know, your best or your biggest takeaway from working with Chinese medicine? Love it. Love the question. You know, there has been a change in what I'm seeing clinically, um, and, and it's sad, to be honest. Uh, my teenage patients, it's interesting. The, the young people now, um, they, they grew up with technology. You know, I didn't. I grew up in a time, you know, I'm 47. Um, we didn't lock our doors. We spent all day outside. Um, I didn't really, we didn't really have a TV. So, you know, it's interesting to see what's happening with the, not just, you know, the younger kids with the autism and the whole, you know, dialogue around all of that, but but the the kids that are getting anxiety and depression and just just things that they shouldn't have that that I've ha I hadn't seen in a long time and it, and it's pretty much common now, and but then my my older patients, um, they're getting the chronic diseases, the inflammation, the heat diseases a lot earlier. We're, of course, you know most Americans know or somebody, of course, who has cancer, but now we're seeing so much MS and Parkinson's and ALS. So I um, have been digging deep on, you know, what, what, why, what, what's the cause? How do we um, be responsible and moderate our ourselves? You know, we, we have addiction is is the lack of connection is the definition. And so, you know, I, I used to run a weight loss program and and that was that was challenging because more importantly, you know, we try to get emotionally fed through food when we want to be spiritually fed through connection. And so I, you know. I really believe a couple things are happening. I actually submitted to TEDx a, t a conversation, a talk with with me seeing so many heat diseases, chronic diseases in my practice. I realized that you know the pharmaceuticals, the meat, alcohol. You know, you know people are getting on fire. You know, we could even save liver fire. And so, if individuals are heating up, um, they're heating. We're in relationship with Mother Earth. The planet's heating up. So there's a way in which our brains are on fire. That's a case for cannabinoids, of course, as a target. Um, but it, I'm seeing so much around brain inflammation. And so, you know, of course, most of us know about brain inflammation from the popular with the NFL, with, with CTE. But I just feel like a lot of Americans don't understand 
that a lot of the foods or lifestyle habits they're partaking in is bringing in so much heat. You know, we could even go so far as saying EMFs, EMFs are causing um, brain inflammation, bringing in heat, right? You, you put a Bluetooth headset on your ear, some people really feel their ear burning. So there's a case for understanding if, if there's too much heat, how do we balance that out? You know, people think they have no power over global warming. They think they have no power voting at the polls, but you vote every moment with your thoughts, with your dollar on the companies you support, um, and then in your own body, on, you know, what you're putting in, you know. So there are some basic principles of Chinese medicine that I love to share with patients just to empower them to understand there's a different way to live here. There's a different way to coexist. And these principles are not taught in our schools. And that's why, you know, when you think about life, it does take a village. And it's like, who's your support team? Who are your mentors? Who are the people that you call? So, yeah, I, I feel like lately, I would say the last four to six years, I'm seeing a lot more um, symptoms and a lot more diagnosis than I've ever seen. A lot more out of balance. And people don't want to be like that, you know, and, and a lot of people have to pay out of pocket. For, to see people like us. And so it's, it's one of those things where if we can push the needle um, to get people a little bit more interested earlier before the diagnosis or before the symptom is out of control, like insomnia, then we can, it's going to be less expensive and it's going to be a better experience for them. Absolutely. And, you know, agreed on the same things. There's a lot of, um, you know, I don't want to call it shin disturbance, but there's a lot of mental dis. Dis, it's not disease, but a dis-ease. There are, you know, people are like pretty desperate for connection, like you were talking about. And, you know, I wrote a book and that's basically what the whole book was about is like our connection to nature is the connection mm -hmm. to ourselves. And that's what we need. Like everyone's like searching for this magic bullet and the magic bullet is, you know, go sit by a tree instead of get, getting on your iPhone, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Grow a lavender plant and smell it every time you walk by it, or at least once a day. You know, it doesn't take a lot to make significant changes in your life that are going to trickle out, you know, and be better for the entire planet. Um, but what would you say to someone who's like, you know, I, I feel helpless. There's nothing I can do to make my life better. You know, just kind of in that monkey mind of, of, uh, you know, being distraught as opposed to being able to see the silver lining and to see, hey, one small lifestyle change can make a huge difference. Is there like anything that somebody listening today who's like, dang, I need something right now that could just be simple? Obviously, we're not diagnosing anyone, but like a simple, um, I know you do Qigong and you're into meditation. Is there um, anything that somebody who may need to hear something positive today that they can take home? Absolutely. Um, the first thing is we can't be pushed by pain to change a habit, to change how we feel. And what I mean by that is I'll give you a real example of someone trying to quit alcohol or quit eating potato chips. You know, if you get to a place in your life emotionally where you're stressed, you're upset um, from some outward appearance of what's happening in your life, you're going to have a drink or you're going to eat potato chip, right? Because you're in that pain place. The only way I've been able to really help facilitate change of habits with patients at this point is I have to have them really first envision something about themselves because it's a feeling state. You know, you know, very commonly people are talking about how do you get back into flow state? 
right? We have different brainwave states. And, you know, you and I could say we want to get your chi flowing. So what's interesting about Shen disturbance or even depression in some of the Chinese herbs we use, it's, it's if you look at the clinical application of what the herbs are doing, it's moving all the stagnations in your body, chi stagnation, blood stagnation, food stagnation, right? So if someone is wanting to make a change and they don't feel good, the first thing they have to do is envision themselves literally feeling good. So they can either sit there, they can find a picture of them, just a, a time in their life where they were just happy and things were going great. They can do a vision board, but until they're able to literally change their cells, like I, I, I for me, when I do um, the envisioning work, my cells, I swear to God, they start spinning, like, you know, anything that's life-giving. So I have patients say to me, okay, what does that look like? And, and they walk me through it, you know, and they envision it and they feel it. And until you feel it, until you change your vibrational state, it won't, it, you won't be able to tap into it in the, in the times that things aren't going well, you know? And, and, and if that's too hard for people, there's a lot of little tricks I do. I always have them pick a song. Pick a song that you will not sit still to. Everybody's got to have one of those, you know? And, and what can raise your frequency? You know, where, what can help you facilitate your happy place? It also could be what you said, too. Is there a smell? I mean, you know how powerful scent is. It can take you to a place that feels nourishing, feels held. Um, you know, I, I do relate to the bathtub a lot. Uh, you know, that water, when you're in that um, warm water, it's like the womb. You know, um, we swaddle babies. You know, you can wrap yourself up in a blanket. There's places where if you can feel safe and secure to rest and allow from that place, from the yin place, is where you plant the seed to then figure out, you know, how can spirit then physically move me? People think it's, they have to figure it out that, you know, the brain is getting in the way, you know? So, you know, there's so much spiritual bankruptcy in this country, you know, people are wondering why they're physically sick, financially sick. Um, but I feel that we're trying to, you know, rearrange the furniture instead of fixing the marriage. Right. You know, we're, we're looking so much outside of us, you know, not that weekend workshops aren't great. And, you know, but yeah, I, I feel like if we can have patients or anybody listening, you know, feel the way you want to feel, you know, and how you get there is either being facilitated by someone. If you, if you really don't know how to do it, you can pick a song or you can just sit still and, and sit there long enough until you are able to remember that feeling where you just felt amazing in your power, joyful, peaceful. It's like relaxed and energized, you know? Um, and I think that often a lot of people have uh, a crisis happen to them for them to get to this place. You know, they lose someone very, you know, very sacred to them. Um, you know, unfortunately there's casualty and then they realize, okay, what's important to me. If we can get people to ask each of us, what is important? You know, who do I want to be playing with? Who do you know, what causes do I want to be working with? What kind of gifts do I have, you know, want to give the world? And then, um, you know, finding that, then, then, you know, the world is obviously going to be a better place, but yeah, there's, you know, of course there's Qigong, you know, I would say pulling down the heavens, um, that motion where you're, you know, you're standing up and you're bringing your arms up to the sky and you're inhaling and then you're exhaling, 
as you're bringing your hands all the way down to your sides, you know, that is reminding people that, you know, the three forces are heaven, man, earth, you know, man, right? So you are one of the main three powerful forces in the universe. That's a lot of power, you know? So if I can remind people how powerful they are, you know, that goes back to my, my commitment when my sister was sick, then we will be able to conduct, direct the course of our the course of our life instead of reacting. You know, I think, I think if people did that alone, live their life from that place of power, um, they, they would actually see and experience things differently. Well, thank you for that. That was very powerful. And I absolutely agree. Um, let's take a quick break. And then we're going to come back. I want to ask you more about your practice, if people can see you long distance if you have um you know online or skype appointments and then also talk about a little bit more about cannabis as medicine in chinese medicine and just how you work with it with your clients today sounds great back with Dr. Lita Jusilla. And um, I really just love everything you have to say. And it's so funny because it's almost like an, a more eloquent version of myself because I say these things, you know, to myself and, and to my loved ones and to my clients who I also love. Um, and it always to me sounds a little like I don't know. I'm like, how can they take this seriously? This sounds so out there. But then when I hear it from you or, you know, or I even, you know, think about it in my own head, I'm like, this is so profoundly simple and so beautiful. And this is absolutely the way we're supposed to be living. We are a direct, um, you know, we have this direct connection to the earth and the rest of the cosmos. And when you get it, you get it and it feels so good. And then there are all these things in life that spiral us out, you know, that literally throw us off balance. Um, so I love hearing you say just, I love hearing you talk about Chinese medicine because, you know, being at five branches and then working with a lot of colleagues, I used to get to have these conversations all the time. And now, um, you know, I don't really talk to other Chinese medicine practitioners very often. So I'm just going <laughs> to say this is pure medicine for me. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I know. I wish I could go back in time. I feel like I would talk more to everybody. <laughs> well, I know it's like we can only do so much. Um, but so I know after this and after people hearing you talk, um, they're going to want to know, can I can I see you if I don't live in Santa Cruz? Do you offer um, Skype visits or anything like that with clients? Yeah, that's a great question. So actually, um, this year, um, on 420, I opened up my telehealth practice and I did that in response to the fact that over the last, probably just about three years, I was doing telehealth, um, but just under the radar, you know, I'd have patients here that say, my uncle in Virginia got prostate cancer. Can you help him? And, and I said, yeah, you know, he got stage three prostate cancer and still eating fried chicken, you know, and doctors didn't talk to him about food. So 
I can do everything I do except for acupuncture, of course, and, you know, cupping and whatnot. Um, and it's been going great. Um, people can go to my website, drlita.com. Um, I always spell out doctor. Um, and, uh, and, and take a look at the services there. And I'm happy to, to help if, if anyone's on the path and feels like um, someone like me is not offered in their town. Um, happy, happy to help. And so what made you, you know, cause you already had such a, a great practice and I know you, you teach Qigong and you have your, you know, fitness training and a, um, a, uh, multi-talented woman here. So what made you decide to be outspoken about cannabis and the endocannabinoid system? Because I mean, in our field, there's really not that many acupuncturists. I mean, there's probably a lot of us who smoke weed, you know, and are, and are totally down for cannabis as medicine um, because we do learn it in our Materia Medica. But what made you choose to be like an outspoken advocate for it? Great question. Well, I, my parents actually, it's always, it's, it's funny. My, my life is, is, uh, really directed towards my, 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 my family. My parents got in a car accident. Um, they're, they're snowbirds. Um, they, they live in Cape Cod uh, in the summer and Florida in the winter where their joints feel better. And they were traveling for the weekend with another couple, their best friends. Um, and my dad, um, accidentally hit I think he was only going like 35 miles an hour, his best friend. And they all got ejected, flattened on the pavement. My dad's best friend died. Um, he technically was the cause of that accident. And so what was challenging is that, of course, you know, I flew to Florida right away, but I, I decided to bring in illegally um, cannabis, um, CBD. Um, and I think I did bring in some THC. I brought acupuncture, Chinese herbs, of course. Um, uh, but I, I had, you know, had access to this from a dispensary and didn't really know much of anything, to be honest with you at that point. And my parents were pretty out of it. You know, my dad had PTSD, um, is very, very, uh, for the whole community, they live in a community where, you know, golf carts and where if you're on your front porch, you could literally talk to the neighbor. And so their best friends lived across the street. And so very challenging um, for the whole community. Uh, really sad. My mom had broken bones, punctured lung. I mean, just just really, really a nasty accident. So within weeks, um, I mean, first of all, I could manage my mom's pain within like a day and my dad's pain. So I could figure out the, the right ratios of cannabis, um, to make sure that she didn't have any pain. She was present, um, you know, working through all the trauma. She had broken bones. So fast forward, my parents, just so you know, embarrassing as it was, were the ones that would go into the high schools and educate about cannabis being a drug. Um, for any of those listeners that are around my age or, or older, you'll remember the, the iron skillet with the fried egg saying, your brain on drugs. You know, my parents were the ones that would say, you know, if you do drugs, you know, cannabis being one of them, you know, the bad things will happen. So, so they have done a 360 because they've been on cannabis every day, every day since the accident. Um, and we were surprised. We learned together how amazing it is to heal bones, how the power around PTSD, um, about anxiety, you know. So, so depression. My mom has depression. She had insomnia. She had constipation that cleared up. And so we would have these conversations of, 
how did, how is this possible that this one plant could do so much? So I was about to finish my doctorate, um, at five branches. Um, I had done a weight loss, uh, you know, like a mini clinical trial and I decided to put it to a halt. Even though I could have graduated, I said, I'm going to take two extra years and redo my capstone and figure out why this plant works the way it does and, and how it relates to Chinese medicine and how I can speak more about it. And so I ended up doing um, my capstone on the therapeutic implications of cannabis. I had to do it within traditional Chinese medicine to satisfy certain requirements. But in my research, it was mind blowing. And what I found was astounding, you know, that we have this. And I'm sure you've talked about this on your show before, Jessica, you know, this endocannabinoid system, this amazing, you know, what I sometimes describe as this wiring system, kind of like meridians. But, you know, we are hardwired um, to receive not kale or spinach, but cannabis, you know, that's going to conduct the receptors in your brain and all over your body. And, and it's and it's literally for me, it was a paradigm shift. You know, that, that, that there's something that grows naturally all over this planet that is that is that is made for us. And so, you know, part of the education I've done in the last three years, I can't tell you how many lectures I've done just to continue to help be a part of the bigger cannabis community in demystifying that it's not a drug um, to understand that, you know, there are you know, cannabinoids and terpenes and all these extracts, you know, that we can make from the plant that can, that can really serve us. And, you know, from a spiritual standpoint and to bring in Chinese medicine, my understanding, you know, all plants have messages, you know, you know, um, ayahuasca and psilocybin that became legal in Colorado, you know, cannabis, you know, they all have, and of course our Chinese herbs and our Western herbs, um, they have messages. You know, ayahuasca is more purgative, right? And so with cannabis, I feel that with with working with thousands and thousands of patients with her now, I'm realizing that she has intelligence and our body has intelligence. And when, when you take in the extract, it does, or the flower or the oil or tincture, however you're, whatever delivery system you're doing, it does what your body needs it to do. It's like, you don't have to think about it. You know, it has this priority, has this intelligence. Um, it's really, really been profound. So I, you know, practically, you know, like more practical in my practice, I do a bunch of different things with cannabis. Um, I've been educating um, health professionals on how, you know, giving them a, like a primer course on how to understand what we're talking about with cannabis and how to be responsible with patients. Um, so that, that's been a really fun part to, to be a part of that conversation. I'm also on the path of continuing to study. Um, so I can be better because the industry and what we're learning is, is changing all the time, but from a practical standpoint with patients, I am, I'm not only educating them through my classes, but I also help them have a healthy long-term relationship with cannabis because in my mind, you know, we have pharmaceuticals, we have synthetics, um, sorry, we have, um, corporate. So, so I think of right now in America, there's four aspects of cannabis. There's the, the pharmaceuticals, which is synthetic. We have corporate, we have recreational, and we have therapeutic. Um, they, recreation, hopefully, and therapeutic is going to be merging the more people understanding that they can actually, instead of just you know people wanting to get stoned, if you knew of which cannabinoid terpene profile to, to be taking, to be imbibing um, for whatever your goal is, if you want to be creative, if you want to sleep, if you have brain fog, insomnia, depression, 
Um, then, you know, when they go to a dispensary, then they're actually buying something that is therapeutic. So, so I feel like, um, the most scary for me is corporate. It's the, it's the companies that are putting, um, CBD, you know, from, from a gold rush standpoint, um, in, in these products. Now, now for me, I love products that have CBD in them and cannabis, but I try to educate patients that my understanding is that you need a certain amount of cannabinoids to cross the blood brain barrier in a certain amount of time for it to have a therapeutic effect. So I tell people, yes, you know, buy the CBD soap and the CBD tea and absolutely Absolutely. Um, but make sure that you're getting the amount that you need, which might be from a tincture or, or something else. So, you know, again, I'm still learning. I'm, I'm a huge advocate for all cannabinoids. Um, a lot of my patients in the beginning don't want THC. So we have that conversation, which is fine. I really honor the companies that have done their due diligence to, you know, to still be growing outdoors underneath the sun, moon, stars and, you know, not modifying it, et cetera. So it takes a lot of effort for me as a doctor to say, OK, these farmers, these companies have made these products that I love that you can trust. Um, it's been really amazing. And so I, I've been running a mouth swab, a cannabis genetic test. And so I swab patient's mouth and then I can literally tell them that not only just the cannabinoid terpene profile that I think it's best for them, but I can literally direct them to my to you know dispensaries um, in any state that's legal and tell them, okay, if you want flour, if you want vaping, which I don't recommend, if you want tinctures, you know, telling telling them which companies are making the products that will be beneficial for them. So it's been really helpful for especially my cancer patients, but just allowing people to enter the conversation to say, you know, I don't need to be scared about this anymore. That's great. And that's so I haven't heard that yet about the the swabbing. Is that something you could also like find out like nutritional deficiencies and things with too, or is it purely just for cannabinoids? Um, it's purely just for cannabinoids, the, the labs that I use. Um, but I would have to do a different test, a different mouth swab. I'd have to send that sample in to a different company for nutrition and fitness. Okay. Is that something that you do offer though for people if they want to do both kinds of testing? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, you know, any sort of test that anyone does, a naturopath or, you know, us, of course, it's really so we can have a deeper conversation. You know, I, I always tell people, you know, they, they get such profound results when they start taking cannabis, let's just say for insomnia, but, or, or the and is let's, let's remember, this is holistic medicine. You haven't had access, you know, to cannabis. So, you know, you might've had access to ashwagandha or, you know, you know, valerian root, you know, for, 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 for insomnia. So let's make sure that you're still doing the other things to, to ensure a deep, a deep, uh, you know, restful sleep, which is don't use your smartphones and don't have stimulating conversation. And, you know, so it, it really allows me to have a uh, better conversation with patients because they're spending more on cannabis than Chinese herbs and, and supplements. So they're, they're actually paying attention to their bodies more, which has been a really amazing gateway that I was surprised to find. You know, I've been saying that for a long time, that cannabis is the gateway herb. Because, you know, people are into cannabis. It's like the opposite of why they come to get Chinese herbs. It's like people are into cannabis and then I'm like, yeah, but you should try this Chinese herb too. Or you should try this Western herbal formula um, because we have to remember that cannabis, you know, it is a plant and it's, it's a master teacher, no doubt about it. But it's nice to know that um, you're still keeping Chinese herbs, you know, in your practice too. Because I know a lot of people who've just been like, nope, cannabis only now. And it's like, no, we need to remember that this is a holistic approach. And it's, it's about taking the right, you know, 
profile with your cannabinoids, but it's also about taking the right herbal formula, taking long walks in nature. You know, it, there, there's more than one thing that's going to make people have um, longevity and good health, not just, you know, I'd love to be able to say it's just cannabis, but we know it's, it's so much more than that, but it can be a great way to like regulate the system. So your body's going to, um, you know, be able to assimilate all of the other good things that are eventually going to come into your life once you choose to be a part of your own health. You know, absolutely. And, th- and this is why right now in my practice, I'm, I'm selling my cannabis tinctures separate than my Chinese because people haven't had a long-term experience with Chinese tinctures and they haven't had a long, long-term experience with cannabis. And I want to know what's working and how to moderate that. I think eventually, of course, um, adding cannabis to other herbs. Absolutely. Um, but in the beginning, you know, it's kind of like you got to meet patients where they are. Uh, so that's one of the things that, that I've been really noting, but I mean, of course, I mean, you know, some people like to take vitamin C and then they like to take a multivitamin. I think, you know, herbal medicine, the way that I was taught, you know, you have your king and queen herbs and then the associates and the helpers. (laughs) I think we are moving towards that, but I think patients right now are wanting at least my, my patients to keep things separate. Yep. And I think it's a good idea. I never liked it when I'd walk out of somebody's office and they tried to give me six different herbs or formulas because I'm like, well, how are we going to know which one's actually working? We need to start small, you know, and then work our way up. That way we know if somebody has a negative response or if they have a profound effect, we want to be like, okay, well, I can pinpoint it and say, yes, it was the CBD tincture or it was, you know, the very simple three herb formula that I gave them as opposed to being like, Hmm, I don't know. I gave them six different formulas. I'm not sure which one actually worked. (laughs) I never understood that approach to, to Chinese medicine or homeopathy or anything, you know? So I appreciate, I appreciate you saying that because I think that's really important. Well, I think it also takes time for people to cultivate a relationship. You know, I mean, the, I, you know, my personal experience with plants is the more that I have a relationship with it, it's going to reveal its secrets to you. It's very spiritual. You know, with, the, with, with cannabis specifically, I found that once you start to have a relationship with it, it's, it's, it's really poetic. And it's deeply spiritual. And so, you know, just even understanding 2AG, you know, um, you know, I'm a rat in Chinese medicine and, you know, they, they were doing obviously studies on 2AG and, and for your listeners, um, I'm sure they know about 2AG, but 2-arachnidonoglycerol is one of the endocannabinoids that you make in the brain on demand um, to keep your body in homeostasis. But 2AG, you know, when it's being blocked in the brain or if, or if you don't make it, if you have an endocannabinoid clinical deficiency, if you're not making 2AG, you're not motivated to actually be here and thrive, you know? And so I want to live in a world where people are, are blissed out or happy, they're present, they're able to give their gifts, you know, and, and people are disconnected. And I think that cannabis can be one of the most powerful plants to really facilitate the slumber, hypnotic trance um, of reaction that Americans are in and get them to be more connected to who they are and what's important. Definitely. I I wholeheartedly agree. And then, but on the same level, I also have to be like, I feel like Rose is that medicine too. I mean, but on a more subtle level, you know, because it's like, you know, it's, it's subtle, but it's also like, I feel like those really aromatic plants, you know, as we know in Chinese medicine, you know, they, they um, open the orifices, right? The orifices of the brain and the heart and the mind and the spirit. And so um, I love it how cannabis is, can be really appreciated for the aromatic medicine that it is, you know, so important. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's one of those things where if you don't know, I always talk about food when I give my lectures for some reason. And I, I say to people, well, if you don't have baking soda or vanilla or salt, even though they're in trace amounts, I kind of talk about this in relationship to the entourage effect. You know, if CBG or CBN is trace amounts, you still want them in there. But in relationship to rose, it's like, yes, rose is one of the most powerful, powerful flowers um, because of what it can do. But if you don't, if you're not producing a non-demide or 2-AG in the brain, let's at least get that in the system through a cannabis tincture. And then the rose can literally open things up and get things flowing. So yeah, it's, it's like, well, you kind of need the ingredients first. So that's kind of my approach. But again, I'm absolutely open to dialogue and conversation because, you know, as simple as we thought the earth was flat, you know, you know, my, my understanding is only so far as, as my delving into and studying under other, other people. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the way we learn and grow is like, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, and I agree, there has to be a foundation because, you know, what we've seen clients and, it, you know, at some level, you're like, gosh, I just, they're not getting better. But it's like, there's a, there's a, like, there's a capacity. And sometimes we're trying to push people into doing things that they, they're not quite ready for, because like you said, they don't, that receptor's not even turned on. Or it's yes. not even there yet. They need something that's going to flip that switch for them. And then, you know, the healing can actually come in and do and do its work. You know, we talk a lot about that with like spleen chi deficiency or whatever. It's like, yeah, you could have like a healthy diet as much as you possibly can. But if you can't absorb the nutrients or assimilate and then transform and transport all of that, there's only so much that you're going to get out of that. That's right. That's right. It's true. You know, it's, it's true. I, I, oh, there's only so much I tell people, you know, that's what I learned from five elements, you know, window of the sky points. It's like, I'll open up the window. Are you really ready to see, you know, it's like, I mean, you know, it's like one of those ideas of like, are you really ready? You know, and do you have time for this? Yeah. And that's why, you know, I like to preface it with my clients is like, you know, we could have some profound healing right here, but are, are you willing and able to go there? Because otherwise I'm not going to open it up. You know, right. I, I never appreciate it when people are like, I'm going to push my clients into it. It's like, people don't heal that way. You know, yeah, <laughs> or some exactly. people might, but I, I, prefer, <laughs> I prefer a little more gentle nudging as a like pushing you out the door. Um, well, there's work to be done in your daily life. And, um, and there's also work to be done in retreat. You know, and that's kind of how I distinguish how I work with patients. You know, it's like if you're if you're sleeping next to your partner every night and doing your job every day and, you know, the kids and whatnot, th there's things you can do to change. And then there's deeper work when you have the spaciousness with no technology and whatnot in retreats. And so that I think there's a case for understanding um, as a facilitator, as a practitioner and a doctor, how to be successful with patients in that way. Absolutely. Cause that's really what our purpose is. Uh, or at least I feel like our purpose is we're like, we're here is like guiding, you know, we guide people in, in whatever direction that, you know, they say they want to go in and, um, you know, it's a beautiful thing. And I definitely appreciate all that you're doing, you know, in the cannabis space with Chinese medicine, with herbal medicine, with just reminding people that we are part of nature and, you know, we are a reflection of nature and it reflects our inner being. Um, is there anything that you want to, um, do you have any advice you want to give anybody who maybe wants to go to acupuncture school or work with herbs or cannabis as medicine? Um, any yeah, like absolutely. insight for them? 
Well, I'm I'm a huge proponent and advocate for Chinese medicine. I I, I joke around that the Chinese government should pay me. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's one of those things where I I was really moved by the president of Five Branches, Ron Zeidman, because he went through the the master's and the doctorate program not to practice because he's the president of the school, but to understand you know what it was like and what it is like to not just you know deepening his connection with. The Dow, but to know what the students go through and how to make the program better and et cetera. Um, a lot of people that go through the program, um, you know, have a traditional medical practice and a lot don't. And what's beautiful about, you know, in some capacity, either, you know, obviously going through the whole program or taking some courses that the schools are now offering, um, is to understand, um, Chinese medicine in the sense that it's an amazing lens to look at life through. Um, you can, you know, a lot of us, you, Jessica, myself, colleagues, um, give lectures or teach around the five elements and, you know, you know, eating with the seasons and whatnot. And so having a Chinese medical doctor on your side, on your team, someone to continue to learn from is huge. What book recommendations, et cetera, um, what foods to eat. So, so I always say, if you can be friends with or be working with um, a Chinese medical doctor, it's, it's one of those secrets, I think, that should not be kept because I feel like if you understand this paradigm, it, it's like secrets to the universe. And, and the more that I understand things in it, like feng shui principles and, and how to read a trigram, you know, the I Ching and, and, and just even my cultivating my relation, deeper relationship with tea, you know, pu'er and whatnot, it, it's, it's profound and I can help more people. So for anyone listening, you know, I would say, you know, reach out to you, Jessica, to continue to study with you, um, you know, obviously through services or anything you're offering. Um, I have some resources um, I, I've been able to give to people. I have some courses coming out. But more importantly, you know, if we find stillness, you know, we're going to be enter entering the winter soon, right? We have the winter solstice coming up where where the yin has grown um, to its fullest. And And for me, I remind people, you know, if you can sit long enough and find stillness, like literally physical stillness, and then you can get your mind to be still. It's like sitting on the edge of the ocean and you go all the way out and all the way under. What is it like? It's black, it's dark, and it's still. That's winter, right? That's the water element. And so if you can find that within you, the yin aspect of your kidneys will give you that will, that wisdom. And so then from there, who are you? And if we can answer that question, each of us, who am I, then life can really come through us. And, and you know, and I feel like um, the best advice I can give is, is for people to find stillness. Um, I, of course, you know, people like you and I can usher that with with conversation, with plants. Um, but but it's a lot easier than you think. And if people are willing to do it, it's, it's pretty beautiful, the process. Well, thank you for that. And yeah, I'm going to go find some stillness. It just started to like pour rain here. And I don't know if you heard the thunder, but it was like, it was just like the introduction into winter. It was like, yep, here's your water. Your water oh, element's coming. Right. Um, but one more thing before we leave is, do you want to share your contact information with people and maybe your Facebook or Instagram as well? So they know how to um, reach out to you. Oh yeah, of course. Thanks, Jessica. So it's Dr. Lita and on all the channels, I spell out doctor. Um, I do that because there is a DR Lita. She's a chiropractor up in Northern Cal. So just to, to make it easy, but I use Dr. Lita for everything, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, 
Twitter. Um, and then uh, obviously my website, drlita.com. So happy to be in conversation with any of you listeners. So grateful that um, you're doing this, Jessica. So important that you continue to open up the conversation, open up the minds and hearts to anyone listening to ha- have a deeper relationship with, with plants. It's great. Thank you so much. <laughs> you're very welcome. And uh, thank you too. It's I think it's good work we're doing in the world. And I look forward to seeing everything you offer in the future. Mm, thank you. I don't know about you, but that episode of The Herb Walk pretty much set my heart on fire. It was so awesome to hear Dr. Lita describe her love of Chinese medicine and her understanding of Chinese medicine with all of us. Um, I definitely needed to hear that today. So thank you, Dr. Lita, for being on the show. I'm always much appreciated. If you want to hear anyone else on the Herb Walk, please shoot me a line. I'd love to uh, get to, to try to interview someone that you may also want to hear about. If there's a topic you really want me to discuss, whether it's Chinese medicine, Western herbalism, Chinese herbalism, aromatherapy, cannabis, you know, entheogens in general, I am totally down to have the conversation with you. Please uh, remember to follow me at Jessica. (laughs) I can't even say that seriously. Please remember to follow me at, uh, on Instagram at Baker underscore Botanica or Baker's Medical OKC. And on Facebook, I am Jessica Baker LAC or Baker's Medical if you want to follow my cannabis page. Um, you can always reach me at uh, my website, www.bakerbotanica.com. Please subscribe. Please tell your friends to subscribe. And I can't wait to be with you with another episode of The Herb Walk with Jessica Baker. 